Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left radio show. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Steve Curran. So we've just finished recording it. It was a, it was a difficult start, um, <laughs> understandably, uh, given everything that's happening. Uh, but I did, I did emerge at the end of the hour, Steve, feeling better. So maybe if we just keep talking forever, <laughs> we won't have to... Go back out into the real world. That's it. It's be... about distractions right now, isn't it? And yeah, I felt similarly like that was a challenging start to the show. Uh, and um, I'm very, very glad that I have things like One Life Left in my life as a metronome every week. Except for we're not going to be doing it for the next three weeks, are we? We're not. No, uh, this is going to be the last show for a few weeks as we take uh, some time off to do some other things. But we are hoping to record some stuff uh, at GDC, which we're going to at the end of the uh, month. Um, we've not been to GDC for... So this will be the third... Will it be three years since we went? Yeah, I think so. 2019, now, yeah. GDC, of course, is the Game Developers Conference. It's like between... Well, it used to be about 40,000 developers descending on San Francisco. It's unlikely to be that many this year. Uh, but it's still busy. It's a busy time going out, seeing games, talking to people about the games that you are making um maybe seeing people who are making games that you want to sign as well uh if you are a publisher so it's exciting um mostly exciting as well because you get to catch up with old friends very much looking forward to seeing chris graft and our gama sutra or as they're now known as gamedeveloper.com friends out there let's run through uh previous gdc highlights so for me, uh, I think uh, one of the best times was when we ended up back at Double Fine, uh, where they showed us Happy Action Theatre 2, um, although it ended up being called something else, didn't it? Mm. Um, I don't Now, I don't remember much about that evening, um, and I don't know how we got there. I do acknowledge that I kicked someone's drink out of their hand. You did do that in it with a kung fu cat uh, with a kung fu kick. <laughs> that was fun. Um so uh, hopefully we'll get that again. Uh what about the time that man told me he was going to push you off the top of a building? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can laugh about it, but it is true. <laughs> It is true. It is true. He got very angry about you, didn't he? For me, many, many uh, highlights, many brilliant mariokis out there, uh, like some phenomenal nights. I do, I will always remember, um, I will always remember some of the times we've had at the sweet party uh, in the in the Marriott, like the, one of the important parties at GDC, meeting many of my game heroes out there. Uh, and one, one day, uh, being the last people to leave the sweet party, and waking up on the floor of Chris Graff's hotel room with Zach Gage, indie developer Zach Gage, looking at me. What? First thing I saw that morning was peel, peel back a curtain, just saw him lying on the floor next to me, and he said, good morning. How long had he been there? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Good times. Well, obviously not long enough to think of a wittier th- first thing to say to you. Um, game developers' floors I've woken up on... Mm. Uh, Peter, Mo- I've woken up with Peter Molyneux. No, really? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many, many, many years ago, he would um, 
he would have parties to celebrate uh, the launch of his games. I was working on the one at the time, mm-hmm. and me, David Upchurch, and Gary Witter went to Peter Molyneux's house. And the thing about Peter Molyneux's parties back then at the time was that um, he'd always make a special chili. <laughs> what? I can't believe this is yeah. the first time hearing about this. <laughs> special chili, that's what we were excited about. I had some special chili and woke up on his floor. What? It's true. That's incredible. Uh, what about Charles Cecil? I've, I mean, I've slept in Charles Cecil's beds, mm-hmm. but never his floor. Two of, never his floor. Okay. Um, Charles Cecil. Uh, so we, Steve and I, uh, will laugh about this because a few years ago, I mean, you could date it by looking this up on Wikipedia. I was staying over at Charles's with my wife, and uh, he has um, he has a thin townhouse. It's got like so. I think it's three floors basically, and um, three floors that you've discovered, but you just haven't worked out <laughs> how to solve the puzzle. To well, find no, <laughs> exactly. Uh, he actually does have a basement uh, where he would take me and let his children beat me at table football. But um, so he was coming down from his bedroom. We were on the middle floor, and the kitchen was on the on the first floor. And uh, as he came down, he knocked on the door. Morning, Terry Wogan's died, and, and I'm not even sure he stopped moving. <laughs> And so now I I hope to receive all my celebrity death stories via a knock on the door from Charles Cecil. Um other GDC highlights? Is there anything else that we can mention or, or is that it? Um I think that might be it. Yeah, well hopefully we'll go away and make some more memories, shall we? Yeah, let's do that and let's let our listeners know about those in the next uh, one life left, which we will try and record out in San Francisco. Exactly. Uh, until then, stay safe, uh, stay as mentally well as you can be. I'm so sorry for everything. Here's the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you doing, Simon? It's a difficult question to answer that, Steve, isn't it? It's a challenging week uh, to answer any questions, any trivial questions. Yeah, Um, I mean, mean, obviously we're fine, aren't we? So it feels a bit, um, yeah, it just feels a bit wrong to go... (laughs) To uh, to say yeah that the current events are affecting us, uh, but yeah, it's been horrific, horrific week. Absolutely uh, terrible, and of course, our hearts go out to everybody who is affected by everything that's going on at the moment. And I guess you know that fundamentally does involve the whole world. Uh, like everyone's affected by the news, but some more than others. Uh, and in light of that, it's going to be difficult to keep up our. Uh, you know, upbeat, one-joke radio show. But we'll do our best. We will do our best. It's just... um, I've just been... I'm really tired of things happening. Mm. Agreed. It's it's just been one... uh, Yeah. uh, Just... Can we just... We all just calm down for a bit. Let's have a period where we can just collectively reflect on everything that we've gone through. Uh, we, um, We should resolve to be better people... And then move forward. Um, yeah, it's just all too much, Steve. It would be nice to sort of look at the news, the video game news, and think that it was important at all, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I. So, how have you? How's, how have you been this week? I've. I've. I genuinely have found it uh, awful. I don't know whether it's. Um, you know, the older you get, <laughs> the older you, I so. One thing that they never tell you about getting older is, um, well, 
there are a few. Like it's difficult to bite my bite my fingernails. Like my teeth are blunt. I make noises. <laughs> I, I, I make noises pulling on my socks. Uh, but the strangest uh, thing I noticed, I started noticing a few years ago when I was um, I was on a plane and I was uh, flying to GDC. So it's around this time of year, and I was watching one of the Rocky films, one of the new Creed films, and. Um, at the end of it, I got very emotional and I started crying <laughs> at a Rocky film. Okay. I turned round and there are two of my colleagues who are watching the same film. They're both in tears as well. I'm like, <laughs> like this is weird, isn't it? Why are we all crying at a Rocky film? And I think the older you get, the qu- uh, the quicker. Uh, well, certainly I'm I'm quicker to tears than I have been before. Um, I found yeah, I've I've cried several times this week. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's um. It's been it's been awful. So yeah, I think there's you, a Steve? level Have of you... well, I think there's a level of of just all kinds of overlapping emotions. First, absolute horror at what's going on, and and then more present. It's very very hard to concentrate on the things that you're meant to be concentrating on, and then there's sort of uh, like a wave of guilt that comes across you about that because you know, you're not being personally affected by this. How dare you feel guilty or sad or, or anything about anything that's going on when we are, you know, distant from this, at least literally distant. And yeah, uh, it's it's been very, very, very hard to get anything done this week, um, I've found. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I've managed to play one video game and actually almost two video games because, of course... It is the week that the best video game of all time was released. True enough. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was, you know, checking in with the family, making sure that they were okay, and I spoke to Dexter and I said, um, you know, I asked him whether, you know, what he made of it all. It's got a very, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he isn't, he isn't crying. <laughs> let's put it that way. But he did tell me that one of the areas of conflict was um, was what one of the Call of Duty levels was based on. So there's your video game news. <laughs> very very useful. Did that offer him any insight? No, I think um, hopefully now it's 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 highlighted. I, I don't know. Maybe it'll make him th- realize what he's playing. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know Call of Duty enough to know exactly which bits he's talking about. Uh, but maybe um, yeah, he'll think twice about entertainment uh, and um, its its uh, inspiration, should we say? So, have you managed to play that game? Not Call of Duty, but the one that came out. I have, Steve. Okay, good. So, so have I. So, I guess we've got a double header coming up later Great news. in the review sh- review section. I've got a couple of others actually. I've some I've forgotten to talk about over the last couple of weeks, so we can talk about those. Well, I have another game as well to talk about. I mean, it, it kind of is a juxtaposition that and Elden Ring. So, yeah, this is the Elden Ring review special, I guess. Uh, One life left. We're going to be doing the news in a moment, the video game news, which mercifully may be a bit lighter than the real news. And we'll have some letters coming up in the middle of the show, and yes, some reviews as well. And um, a very, very special guest feature as well, apparently. Apparently so, indeed. Well, let's see how we get on. I mean, look, yeah, we are going to try and do a normal show, but I don't want anybody to think that um, current events are not weighing heavy on our minds. Mm. Indeed. All right, shall we get on with the news? Let's get on with the news. Okay, Simon, uh, during the preamble to the show, we were trying to eliminate various noises that were happening in our uh, in our local environments, and uh, I got rid of a buzz, but not without losing one of the features that I had queued up for later in the show, and also all of the news that I had I'd found, all of the browser tabs I had open, so this is kind of on you 
for is it moment. well we couldn't we play a fun game where we try and re- where you try and remember what news stories uh had uh, piqued your interest mm-hmm. you can just read them out and i'll go yep add that one had that okay. one had that one well, Steve, as we uh, confirmed last week, uh, Capcom did in f- uh, fact announce Street Fighter VI, as predicted, mm. um, with the characters that we mentioned. They were confirmed. Um, but Mr. that wasn't Fist. what was Mr. Fist. What wasn't what set tongues wagging, as VideoGamesChronicle.com wrote. Uh, who wrote this one? Chris Scullion. Uh, claims have been made that the new logo for Street Fighter VI is a modified version of an $80 stock image. Capcom officially announced the sixth game in the Street Fighter series on Monday, promising that more details would come in the summer. The teaser trailer also showed the game's new logo, which departs from the series' iconic ske- sketch-style lettering in favour of the letters SF in a hexagon. However, as Ars Technica's creative director... Ulrich Lawson noted on Twitter, the new logo is extremely similar to one available on the Adobe Stock Image website for $79.99. The new Street Fighter VI logo is $80 on Adobe Stock site, Lawson alleged. I don't even know what to say. I knew it was generic, but I didn't realise it was this bad. They searched for SF on a stock logo site and rounded a couple of corners and added the six. The Adobe Stock Image product, which is called SFFS Logo Design Vector Template, isn't exactly identical to the Street Fighter 6 logo. In Capcom's logo, the hexagon is thinner. The middle sections of the letters have been tilted down and some corners have been rounded off. However, because Adobe's logo is available to purchase as an AI EPS file, this means it can be easily altered in Adobe (laughs) Illustrator. The assumption being made then is that the logo was purchased and tweaked slightly. There we go. I mean, that's uh, that's if that's the case, that's what happened. That's uh, that's phoning it in, isn't it? Well, it is. But the question is, who phoned it in? If that's what happened, because in my experience, a lot of the time, at video game studios and uh, other creative projects like that, you don't have a logo designer in house. What typically happens is. You will find someone, an agency perhaps, that specialises in logo design. You'll go out there, uh, do a bit of outreach, some networking, find someone or a studio you think is a fit, and they'll promise you everything for a budget, and they'll return with something, and you'll go, I like that. Sometimes the thing that uh, people say they like you know, <laughs> is the one the agency doesn't want you to like, the one they've put there to fill out the... Uh, the proposal deck, and it could be easily something like that. Uh, that, for all we know, someone is phoning it in, but also it could have been the light option that someone in upper management went, No, nah, no, nah, love that one, love that one. And meanwhile, someone's getting the fear. What if they found, find out we just put SF into the Adobe search box and it came up with this? I wish that somebody else would have then gone through the Adobe stock image site and pulled out future logos for Capcom games. Like, what's Resident Evil 9 going to look like? <laughs> that would be uh, easy. I tell you what, though, Simon, when you started this news story uh, and you said tongues were wagging on the internet about something, mm-hmm. this wasn't what I thought you were going to talk about. Okay. So did you watch the trailer? For Street Fighter Six, mm-hmm. I did not. No, I didn't need to because we'd already confirmed it. It wasn't know. news to me. It's going to have Mr. Fist in it. And so we were proven right. But what we didn't expect was this, Simon. Um, people were uh, talking about how, you know, as often is the way. What happens these days, right, is you don't have a trailer, right? You have a almost a trailer for the trailer, a teaser trailer, which tells you nothing. It just has... More details, more details will be announced soon. Right. What's the and point it, of that? Just has, you know shadowy figure of a main character and perhaps a logo you've nicked from adobe right <laughs> well the uh, the character in question was a render of uh, of which character do you think it was simon uh mr fist uh, yeah and if you're gonna have a second guess mrs fist <laughs> it was mrs fist or uh, as he's also known ryu um, so it was, you know, a nice fancy render of Ryu. Uh, but someone pointed out his clothing quite t- 
tight-fitting. Oh, we've all put on a few lockdown pounds, mm. Steve. Well, someone... Uh, <laughs> the online theory is that this clothing was a little bit more revealing than you'd expect from a Street Fighter character. Uh, so, yeah, that's what the internet was excited about. Reused tight pants. Really? Yeah, true. Google it. I mean, don't Google it. I will not Google not, exactly. not Safe search off. Uh, on. Definitely <laughs> on. Uh, not the image part either. Uh, but yeah, that's what people were talking about. That's what I saw. I wonder whether it was deliberate or not. Okay. And what and what was there to say about Ryu's tight pants? <laughs> say that. How could it not be deliberate? Because it's not like they just accidentally clothe him in... in I mean, you know, you have to model that the part of the body no, if you want no. that part of the body to be visible. Simon, I'm, you know, I've done video game modelling, so I know okay. how it happens. By which I mean, I made a model. I'm not. I've not been a model. Uh, I've made a model of a cricket bat, so I'm very familiar with 3D Studio. Oh, which, I bet you've I got bet to. If you were, I yeah. bet if you were a life life model for Ryu, <laughs> though, the results the, the results similar. would be similar. Uh, <laughs> but what what I mean is, Simon. It's, you know, these these vertices don't appear from nowhere. You've got to model it all. It's all deliberate. So what Capcom mm. want to show, that's down to Capcom. Very literal teaser trailer. Okay. Well, more to come. Mm. Uh, com again. Who wrote this one then? Oh, two people. This is how big a story is. Andy Robinson and Tom Henderson wrote, Electronic Arts CEO Andrew Wilson has given employees a frank appraisal of why he believes the company could be better off ending its 30-year-old, sorry, 30-year relationship with FIFA in his most revealing comments yet on the status of licence negotiations with the footballing body. Wilson told staff at an internal company meeting in November that the FIFA licence had been an impediment to EA's ambitions for the game series. In comments provided anonymously to VGC, Wilson claimed that FIFA had precluded EA from expanding its games into modes beyond traditional 11 versus 11 or broader digital ecosystems and suggested that the only value EA got from the licence in a non-World Cup year was four letters on the front of the box. <laughs> EA, de- EA declined to comment when provided with advance notice of this story. Uh, so look, that to me is the equivalent of, well, I didn't want to go out with you anyway, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it is downplaying the significance of those four letters on the front it's of the box. It's just four letters. It's just four letters. It's just the title of the biggest football game. It's just Mario. It's just five letters <laughs> on exactly. the front of the box. Elden Ring. It's nine letters it's just... and a space on yeah. the front of the box. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh... I, yeah, I mean that's to me sounds like it's a company that is is losing the license. Does sound like that, doesn't it? I, if... Because because what what what's he going to do if they keep it? Oh, it's brilliant! We've got those four letters on our box. <laughs> Just change it to another four letters. If they do lose it, this is probably the right time though for them, isn't it? Because there is no challenger to FIFA right now. There is no other football game of significance. There is a. Uh, a window right now where they can switch over from FIFA to something else and there'll be a bit of confusion and sure something else will will step in but right now if I'm thinking about stepping away from the brand whether it's their choice or not now's probably the time yeah you know just get some tipex out get rid of those four letters and off you go I but I mean, they, it isn't just those four letters, is it? It's all the player likenesses, mm-hmm. all the official names, mm-hmm. all the leagues, you know, all, all of that other stuff that, um, that the kids seem to like. Yeah, it's exactly. everything. It is everything. Uh, yeah. It seems, yeah. I, although what's interesting, I mean, what could those uh, beyond traditional 11 versus 11 mean? 10 on like, 10, all, 9 on 10 9, on 10, yeah, 12 on 12. Way, One versus 100. Yeah, what would you if if you were gonna uh, if you were gonna rebrand FIFA, what would you call it? Footy. I was gonna say the same. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Footy it is. It's just footy, isn't it? Do you want a game of footy? Let's have a it's game like, of footy. Go global, yeah. Footy. Got it. Uh, brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm 
excited about that. A little bit of friction in the football world. Maybe Konami's coming back, uh, pinning that to East. What's the name of their game currently? E E footy. E footy. E footy. Well, maybe we maybe we could get it. Mm, one life left's nine on nine. E footy. Now we go. now called for FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Video Games Chronicles again Jordan Midler wrote PlayStation's upcoming in development Game Pass competitor Project Spartacus is in inverted commas pretty close to actually launching according to a journalist speaking to on his premium giant bomb show Grub Snacks paywalled (laughs) transcribed by VGC read out by One Life Left Venture Beats (laughs) Jeff Grubb claimed to have obtained new information on Sony's yet-to-be-announced subscription service. It's probably getting pretty close to this actually launching. Something's probably going to happen by the end of this month, and I don't think that necessarily means publicly. I think in terms of the internal milestones of where the service needs to be, Grubb said. What? I mean, come on, Grub. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, I know. There's sort of covering your tracks and you're protecting your sources, but then there's, a, there's also selling a premium podcast off those sort of thin rumours. That is, that's not even a rumour. That's a guarantee. What he's saying there is, the people who are building out this PlayStation service are going to achieve some kind of internal milestone this month. Which, actually, if it wasn't true, would mean they'd all be fired. Like, so <laughs> they wouldn't be doing anything. That would not be... That's how making stuff works. Um, Grubbo, this is third story in three weeks from uh, transcribed by... Uh, transcribed by someone read, else and read out by one life. Yeah. What were the other two? I want to know what, what, what Grubbo's hit ratio is at the moment. Uh, yeah, one of them... Yeah, I, I can't remember, Steve. What I is time remember. anymore? I don't think they've happened. Anyway, whatever. Okay. So what we what we need is a grub watch. <laughs> Someone needs to keep track on our Discord. Maybe like a bell to ring every time one of the things that we have read out the transcription of comes true. Uh, however, you can ring that bell right now because that is happening. Definitely. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, definitely. They are making making uh, the thing that we know they're making, and progress on that is continuing. Well, here's some more info, uh, Steve. Uh, the story continues. Right now, um, sorry, uh, according to the journalist, Spartacus will... Sorry, let me start that again. According to the journalist, Spartacus will be comprised of three tiers priced at up to $16 a month. Right now, this is in quotes, they are called Essential, Extra and Premium, Grub claimed. The pricing again could be placeholder, but the pricing is $10 a month for Essential... $13 a month for extra and $16 a month for premium. So that's clear, Steve, isn't it? What we need to do. Um, what do you think those tiers would offer you? Okay, essential. Yep. Must be uh, the basic roster of PlayStation games that they want you to play and there's one big hitter or two big hitters a month something like uh ps plus but downloadable like kind of more in the xbox game pass model uh i don't mean downloadable i mean streamable um and i guess the top level probably has some kind of the nintendo playing of old playstation games based in based there right um and maybe the middle one has third party stuff more third party stuff. Well, let's get the skinny off Grubbo, okay. shall we? Yes, please. Uh, so Grub went on to explain what he had heard players would get for each tier. Mm-hmm. In quotes again. For premium, $16 a month, do you get full games? Not really, kinda. It's like EA Play. You get full game trials. I don't know if that's for every single game that comes out, but it seems like that, Grub said. While PlayStation does offer game trials in the past for certain titles, Grubb implies that all PlayStation first-party titles could offer these trials as part of the premium tier. Grubb continued, You also get classic games and streaming. None of the other tiers will have cloud streaming. You also get classic games. Okay, so that- I, I was right about that. I am... Oh, well, let's hear about the other tiers, but uh, wow. this sounds like a demo disc. You're getting a demo disc for, <laughs> for $16 people, a month. People have, people have happily played, uh, paid for that before, haven't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. um, he, he then expanded 
I don't know what classic games means, but I do know it's a major part of this premium tier. So you have game trials, classic games and streaming on this premium tier. I mean, let's just dig into that quote. So he's saying that you get classic games, but he's admitting that he doesn't know what that means. Mm. Uh, you also get demos and streaming. I don't know. Um, it's just a bit confusing, isn't it? Uh, Essential is PlayStation Plus with the monthly games just like you know it today. Okay. Okay, so you get the option to download five games-ish a month, a couple of big ones and a few, you know, mid-tier ones. Uh, and if you miss them, they're gone forever. Yes, that's the... Okay. And I think that's... Is that cheaper than it is at the moment? Finally, so um, a lot of these quotes are of Grubbs um, asking himself questions. So, like, he continues. <laughs> are, there, are there annual membership numbers for how much these things cost? I don't know. I haven't heard, he said. <laughs> now, why wouldn't he ask himself questions that he knew the answers to? <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. So, um, where do you think he records this podcast? I mean, I know <laughs> I could find out, but is this kind of like, you know, the way you, you'd be at your writing desk and you'd muse with your quill in the air, like, all right, all right, Grubbo, here's a question for you. Or do you think he's just in the bath, just sinking <laughs> deeper into it? <laughs> as he... Exactly, exactly yeah. in the bath. <laughs> yes, probably isn't. <laughs> okay. Good. Do you think there's an extra tier for Grub Snacks Premium then that also includes <laughs> video? <laughs> As his head sinks beneath the bubble bath. Only <laughs> and Grubs. He pops, and, he pop, and he pops up with more details on what the middle <laughs> tier on, on a PlayStation subscription service could look like. Um, this PlayStation subscription service, which we were told was going to be the equivalent of Xbox Game Pass increasingly sounds like the equivalent of PlayStation Plus, but with a demo disc. Yeah, although uh, you are going to get more games in this subscription service, aren't you? So, um, uh, here we go. So, back into the middle of the story. For the extra tier, you get a downloadable game catalogue. Anything on PS Now that was downloadable seems like it would be in here, which Grub has heard includes over 250, 300 games, something like that. Okay. Right, fine. Uh, so that's your that's your sort of Game Pass equivalent. Game Pass, although yeah. I don't know, it doesn't sound <laughs> it. It does sound almost like what I said at the start, which is you've got a bit of PlayStation Plus, you've got a bit of an echo of Game Pass in the middle, and then at the top end you've got the Nintendo back catalogue stuff. Uh, whereas I, I don't know, the Game Pass offering sounds much more comprehensive of hey get this you're going to get some games uh free that are going to drop straight away it's it's more netflix uh ish whereas this sounds more like yeah okay we're bolting on things to playstation plus to try and uh give us some uh some way of competing with xbox let's just hope that it's clearer when it actually gets announced um although uh you know good luck with the internal milestones this month <laughs> Don't, won't need it, Grubbo said. It's it's all good. Mm. All right, another new story. Last one from me, Steve. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Who wrote this one? Andy Robinson. Activision has reportedly decided to delay next year's Call of Duty game, thus marking the first time in nearly 20 years it's skipped an annual release. That's according to Bloomberg, which claims that the company decided to push back the release of a new Treyarch-led game after last year's Vanguard failed to meet expectations leading some executives to believe that they're introducing new versions too rapidly. Activision is reportedly working on other projects to fill the gap next year, including a steady stream of additional content for this year's premium Call of Duty game and a new free-to-play online title. A spokesperson for Activision told VGC, we have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year and beyond. Reports of anything else are incorrect. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right. So there you go, Steve. Um, it turns out that the best way to address a game failing to meet expectations is to not do it again. <laughs> that does, you you know, can't, you can't, you can't not sell as many as you think you're going to if you don't put any on sale, can you? Yeah, review scores. No disappointing review scores. That exactly, year. exactly. Think right. of all the save on the marketing budget. If, if we just never made games again, no crunch. Easy. Mm, no one being mean about you on the internet. 
None of that. Just don't do anything ever. Um, Problem solved. This is uh, well. This is this feels like a quite significant chapter in the Call of Duty story, doesn't it? Like, uh, which you know we've covered things about the game, about the franchise, which neither of us know much about or love. So we're very external to that bubble. Um, but we've talked about it before. We talked about how the previous version had disappointing sales, about how it's been cannibalized a bit by Warzone as well, and their attempts to push into that market. Um, and yeah, skipping a year, is this the beginning of the end? Well, yeah, we shall see. I mean, uh, I've had experience of working with Activision when I worked on the Guitar Hero games. Um, uh, they, you know, absolutely ramped up the frequency of them and, um, and, and, and paid a heavy cost. You know, they, they were putting out demo discs, sorry, um, uh, music band packs, uh, different formats, different um, expansions, all too frequently, and and people people got a bit fed up with it. And so, in the end, you know that what they had with um, those games was an incredibly successful rhythm action franchise that just disappeared overnight. Mm. Here's a um, question for you, Simon. Like mm. all of these franchises, oh, well. <laughs> There's, there's my question. Do you think if um, if Guitar Hero had been metered out, like the releases of it had been metered out, that it would still be going today? Well, I would... I mean, even those working on it became bored of it. Um, and actually, you know, so I was looking after the European side of the Guitar Hero games um, and... Uh, and Guitar Hero always did better in Europe than Rock Band did, and Rock Band did better in the States. But Rock Band, in my mind, um, was a much friendlier, uh, a much more consumer-friendly offering in that you could uh, you could have a central library of songs, whereas with the Guitar Hero games, you had to effectively restart the console. This is before they started expanding it with DLC tracks in Guitar Hero 3, I think it was. But even then, um, they existed as as, as, as separate games. And, and, and every every iteration required a new plastic controller in order to get the most <laughs> out of it. I mean, yes, the previous ones were often compatible, but they'd add in a, a slider bar or, you know, or something else. And I, I think, you know, once they got to um, Band Hero, uh you know by then it like it, it, you know everybody was just fed up of having to spend a hundred pounds on this tap i don't know it's a real shame i've been I, funnily enough this this week i've been looking into um clone hero which is the the pc um fan based uh or fan created uh pc version of those games that you can plug in controllers. I was chatting over the weekend to somebody who recommended that I, I need to rebuy. I used to have loads of these things <laughs> to rebuy a Wii controller because that's the best. That's the one that's most compatible with the PC version. And and yeah, that's an infinite library of of uh, songs that um, you know from where I can see is seems to be pretty popular online at the moment. And that's on the, its least friendly format. So. Yeah, if you've got a community that are dedicated to keeping the spirit of that game alive, then you would imagine that uh, had they managed to not annoy everybody by um, insisting on £100 a year for a new slider bar, then um, it potentially could have continued for longer. It's a yeah. real shame. I suspect there are there are two routes here, which one of them is to do exactly what Activision did, which is to go, OK, this is clearly hot right now. Let's milk it, milk it, milk it put out everything we can and we know we're going to saturate the market we also know that probably harmonics are going to do the same with rock band and at some point everyone's going to get bored and this will die but while it isn't dead let's make money and the other route is to go okay we've got something here we basically own this genre let's not go too hard at it and let's keep it going for a long time and my instinct is that both of those probably result in you making about the same amount of money at the end um over the course of just over the course of a different you know different time span for me definitely the the more enjoyable and more creative way to do it is the way that you're suggesting which is you build on this slowly you come up with those uh you come up with those things those add-ons of slider bar over the course of 20 years rather than uh three or four and then your community is more likely to buy into that and you build your community uh 
more slowly. Um, but you can get why a why a board driven uh, company, why <laughs> shareholder driven company, just mm. needs to generate all of that money as quickly as possible. And I, I imagine that goes for every single franchise at every single uh, shareholder driven company. Yes, and isn't that a shame? It is. All right, <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's... end of the news. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We talk about video games and culture that surrounds video games. We've been doing that for 16 or 17 years. And one of these weeks, I'm going to look up whether it is 16 or 17 years. Do you know, Simon? No, let's just keep the mystique. Let's keep the magic. Let's hope no one can use Google. Um... If you want to know more about the show, you can go to www.onelifeleft.com. That's also the place you'll be able to read the show notes, which have been kindly put together by our under-caretaker, Phil. In those show notes, you'll find out the music that we are playing right now, and you'll also be able to find a link to our Discord, which is where One Life, Lifts, <laughs> One Life Left listeners hang out and chat about things. Of course, it hasn't always just been the pair of us, Steve, has it? It hasn't, and hopefully it won't just be the pair of us in the future. No, and in fact, I'd say shortly, you're about to hear <laughs> about to hear a third voice. Um, yes, uh, Anne Scantlebury, um, our friend, colleague, co-host, uh, is taking a break at the moment as she looks after her new baby. But she did send in some correspondence uh, this week, um, which we should probably play now. It's Rowan and Anne's video game cinema review for One Life Left. Today, Rowan and Anne went to see Uncharted at Baby Cinema. And for two people who have never played the video game at all, we didn't know what to expect. Um, So I was, you know, pretty pleased with the amount of action in it. It was non-stop. Um, There was some emotion, some some family tales. Uh, I particularly enjoyed the um, scenes which felt very much from video games. Oh no, there's some gunpowder on the floor. He sees the gunpowder. He says gunpowder. He picks up the gunpowder. There's a um, a lever, a red lever that he needs to pull. He grapples around for it. He finally pulls the lever. It was excellent. It made me um, miss all of those things about video games that I love, which is interacting with objects. Uh, so for me, it's a 7 out of 10. However, Rowan maybe had a different scoring system. She had... One dirty nappy out of infinite dirty nappies. So take from that what you will. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back again when maybe Sonic is on at the cinema. See you later. Thanks, Anne. I haven't heard that yet. (laughs) I I mean, I say thanks. (laughs) I'm assuming you were polite and that was uh, as funny and smart as you are, but... It's very good. Uh, it was so <laughs> lovely to hear Anne's voice. Um, I dropped her an email back. You were copied, Steve, but evidently you've got busier things uh, to do. Uh, or better things to do, I should say. Uh, saying this is excellent and very well timed too. As Steve's editing the next show, he'll have to put that in. <laughs> I said, I wonder what all of our new listeners will make of you. She replied, again, you're copied, Steve. You had the opportunity to 
uh, read this for yourself. Or perhaps you perhaps you get off on me reading out Anne's words. I don't know. <laughs> she said, you mean there's more than one listener now? How are things in mo- monetized podcasting? Are we rich? Um, she says, she follows up and says, I might record a review of my current 4am feed game, Pixelgrams. I will obviously be swayed by personal connections to it. But Rowan doesn't give up. She says the S word and will give an honest critique. Um, her dirty nappy. So this um, follows on to what she's just said. Her dirty nappy review of Uncharted was a full S word up the back costume change situation. <laughs> I think I think she was showing solidarity with Parco. Very good. Um, Simon, Very that good. email is not in my inbox. Look, you can see I have been busy and I'm not reading a lot of my emails, but it's just not there. There is an email, for example, from Kazula, uh, whose you know, correspondence is appreciated and is about to be read out, but nothing from you or Scants. If I go into my spam, which I'll do right now... So this was on the 22nd of February, Steve. 22nd of February. Um, uh, yeah, it's there. It's in. It's it's in my. Uh, it's in my inbox. It's just there. It's not in my <laughs> it's spam. Just exactly. It's just. It's, it's just in my inbox. No, so <laughs> no. That... Sorry, it isn't. It is in my spam folder. I had switched for a minute. No, it's in. It's in my spam folder. Look, I can show you. This is my spam folder. I wonder what else. I've missed an. Hold on a second. There's an email from Jamie Hurdley entitled Coverage Request to One Life Left in my spam box. Well, there we go. Oh my goodness. What else have I missed? There we go. Um, yeah, so I did I did miss that. Apologies, Anne. But I am excited to hear it. And thank you, Simon, for letting me know about this two minutes before we went on air. And that I'm going to have to edit it in as well. This is the letters section. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'm going to dip into the Discord. Simon, we've definitely had that letter, as mentioned, from Kazula. Uh, Maybe there are some others in the inbox that have managed to end up in my spam folder as well. Hello, team and SSG. I've been enjoying the parenting anecdotes during the show and have been applying the tips and observations made. My two-year-old can't sit still enough to complete a single race on Mario Kart 8, but will happily encourage me to beat up Hulk on Ring Fit Adventure whilst he mimics the actions with his steering wheel in hand. When my five-year-old was isolating last week, I took a few days off and tried a few games with him to lift his spirits. He enjoyed Mario Kart 8, but was disheartened at finishing mid-table on 50cc each race. I tried Minecraft, but he hasn't developed the spatial awareness to navigate 3D space competently, even though it came bundled with Mario skins. He attempted new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, but the game was unforgiving in allowing him to develop his movement and timing. His patient ran out quickly. I thought I would browse Game Pass instead to find a game suitable for him, and he picked out Lego Star Wars, the incomplete saga. We both loved the couch co-op and unlimited lives, which was much more forgiving than Mario. He plays to collect hearts and has allowed me to get on with progressing the game. Whilst playing the game, I observed something interesting. He struggled to navigate the 3D environment with a thumbstick and his small hands couldn't coordinate between the screen and the controller. I asked him to use the D-pad instead and his engagement increased significantly. Since then, I've gone up to the loft to find the DS Lite to, f- uh, to uh, Mr. Miyagi's Mi- 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 little hands. The mention of pasta making inspired me to find a copy of Cooking Mama. And I'm sure there was a point-blank DS game I can find on eBay. I think the DS is in a lovely niche of hybrid controls, utilising a D-pad and a touchscreen, and developed the dexterity and coordination needed to learn about movement and how a character exists in a 2D, 3D space. I'll update you on the progress he makes on a form factor more suitable for a younger child. Am I being a bit too presumptuous by finding old solutions for my assumed new problems, or are the old ways still the best ways for a child to learn how to engage with video games? I love the show, Zuba. No, you're not. Life was much simpler back then, wasn't it? I often find, you know, I um, I think I've said before with my daughter, who's four, just even starting a game up on a, on a system these days requires a whole host of, I'll just push that button, show which way your joypads are. I'll just do that. No, we need to pick a profile now. Yeah, it's just, you didn't get that in the old days. D-pad, touchscreen, done. Mm, uh, 100%. And actually, before introducing uh, my daughter Alice to 
video games, I was quite excited about showing her uh, Monkey Ball, which I thought this is a perfect introduction to maybe games and also to directional controls on the stick uh, because you push up and you move up. But actually, of course, Monkey Ball isn't that simple. What you forget is the camera is always moving as well. So you instinctively, as someone who's you know played 30, 40 years of video games, you adjust to that instinctively. She has no idea. And so when she presses up, the ball doesn't go in the right direction and she ends up... Um, you know, mostly falling off the levels. So that didn't work. Now, when I dropped back to uh, showing her Pac-Man, she actually got that. She could press up on the stick, uh, or, or rather up on the D-pad, uh, much like Zubair was just saying, and down on the D-pad left and right, and she understood that. Now, the problem with Pac-Man is, as with all video games from that era, it's incredibly punishing. So she lasts, you know, maybe five or ten seconds, if that. And then it's game over and then she gets bored. So what I'm really looking for right now is a top-down equivalent to Monkey Ball that can basically teach a three-year-old how to use a thumbstick like that, that has direct relationship between, you know, pushing up and seeing the character go up, pushing down, seeing the character go down. Because at the moment she just finds it incredibly frustrating. Do you invert the Y, Steve? Uh, very relevant question uh, this week because what was uh, what was asking me that El- Elden Ring um, I did invert the Y because I thought yes I'm an, the sort of person who inverts the Y and absolutely not absolutely not definitely in third person games no inversion but I was playing something else as well this week a flying game uh, which isn't the thing I'm going to review. I, can't, I have no idea what it was. And for that, I absolutely needed to invert. So I think it depends on what, oh, what I'm you're playing. All conv- you're all confusing, aren't you, Steve? I wonder what that was. I'm going to look up. What's your... Um, yeah, I just wondered what your daughter's preference is going to be then. Because, you know, again, going back to Zuba's point, whenever <laughs> Dexter and I um, take over from each other on a game we've been playing... It always takes thirty seconds for us to for him to uninvert and then for me to reinvert. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, keep it in the family. Pick one way, Steve, and stick with it. Absolutely agree. Okay, I've got a letter here from Weaselspoon. Hello, team. Hello, SSG. I'm on holiday at Ramsgate and picking up some flint from the beach took me back to a PC game from the early 90s. You were a caveman trying to survive and if you could, if you successfully passed a flint napping minigame you could craft something sharp to help you catch some food. I never passed that minigame because I didn't have the instructions so I never got further than that. Do you know what the game was? What ancient craft skills have games made you want to take up? Pip Pip Roberts. I see. Well, as he was describing it, I thought that I knew it, but I, 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 I need some more. Was it, was it first person? Well, <laughs> this is not an interactive letter, so I can't mm. tell you the answer. But I can tell you uh, that Phil, the undercaretaker, replied to Robert on the Discord and said, "Dear Weaselspoon plus Team and SSG, was it Sapiens?" Oh, I don't know. I wasn't thinking of that one. Mm, I don't know. Let's just say yes and close the case. What about the craft question, Simon? Any uh, any ancient craft skills uh, that you've seen in games that have made you... You know, you ever playing one of these games and you think, I'd love to slaughter a deer and turn that into a meal. I'd love to, you know, build myself a tent from some canvas and some wood. No, I mean, again, the other unintended byproduct of getting older is that you become more squeamish yeah <laughs> i'm fully it's fine true. with just yeah. other people doing these things for me uh, <laughs> exactly yeah any more letters i think that's it without rooting through your spam folder i think that may well be it Yeah, so we're One Life Left. This is Resonance FM. Resonance is the greatest radio station in the world. We're also available as a podcast. Uh, You can subscribe to that at www.onelifeleft.com. It was great to hear from Anne earlier in the show. And uh, that brings us, I guess, to the review section. Simon, what have you been playing this week? And I already know the answer. Uh, for one of the games, at least. Well, well, I'm going to tick off a few, actually. Okay. Um, I finally got round to playing 
Um, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games on the Nintendo Switch. It's a game that I've quite liked the look of for ages. It finally dipped below £20 on Amazon. So I picked it up. Um, uh, we've been enjoying uh, track and field on the arcade machine since we got it. So I was interested to see what a modern take on that would be like. Um, and uh, I played about 20 minutes of the story mode single-player story mode during which i maybe interacted with the game for a total of three minutes <laughs> very very tedious very very boring uh, it's really dampened my enthusiasm for trying any of the events out in any other modes uh, sadly so um unfortunately you know the um you know it's great that games do get cheaper it does mean that they uh, they're more difficult to ebay so uh, that might be staying with me. Secondly, I play. I finally got round to playing what the golf. Ah. Um, now <laughs> it's awful. I, I just don't. Un it's it's dad joke the video game, it, and that's all it is. And it's not even. I mean, yeah, it's not. I I, I just I'm baffled by its popularity. I just found it not particularly funny. I, 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 no, like, no, I'm not even certain it's a game. Um, so yeah, I was really disappointed by that, which, uh, you know, again, the only saving grace was it was cheaper than it would be normally. Um, counterpoint, maybe that was counterpoint. Mm. It's mm. dad joke, the video game, mm. and that's really funny. Like, <laughs> what the golf is one of, uh, I don't know, a handful of video games to make me laugh out loud. Uh, and I love the sort of development ethos of just thinking of a dumb thing and throwing some resources at that. Yeah, don't make me pay £8 for it. <laughs> no one did. You chose to. <laughs> I did chose to. <laughs> um, did you, so, did, so did you like it then? How much of it did you play? Because I got bored there, like 20 minutes in. I mean, again, yeah. I just, I was like, okay. I enjoyed I, it. I, I found the hub world... Um, frustrating and that it slowed down the pace of the game yeah i would have appreciated it more i think if it had just hit me with level after level after level thrown those things at me because that's what it's where it really shines i think because there's so much imagination in there um it felt to me like the hub was almost felt like an obligation that they felt they had to include rather than what they wanted to uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I feel very, 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 very positive about it. Seven out of ten. <laughs> uh, and then um, before we move on to the opposite of this, again, everything was looking so grim this week. I decided what I needed to do was escape. And so I put a headset on my face and I played Marine vs. Cup, a sailing simulator game <laughs> on my quest too. Uh, and I have to say, I really enjoyed it blue skies blue waters sailing around um it has a mix of sort of time trial race free sailing um what i liked about it was uh you have to take little tests at certain points to make sure that you understand which what what that bit of a boat is um what that side of a boat is <laughs> uh, that sort of thing so um you know i felt i was actually getting some genuine uh education from it maybe weasel spoon i might i might go sailing um, but yeah, it was just good. I mean, I played it on Thursday just to look at something that wasn't horrific. Um, and it did the job very well. It's a, it's a little rough around the edges in places. Um, but uh, I, I, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you fancy a quick escape and you have the necessary means, the hardware, uh, I can thoroughly recommend it. 7 out of 10. So, the other game then... Uh, Elden Ring is out this week and it was heralded I believe in The Guardian by a snapshot of the review I saw uh, as the greatest video game of all time I believe that review was by Simon Parkin, is that correct? I think so So I felt obliged because Parko's a good friend of the show um, felt like um, I've never got on with a Dark Souls game and you're the same right? You, <laughs> I've got your yeah. Switch version of Dark <laughs> exactly. Souls and I've never played that because I don't want to because I've played the PC version and I've played Bloodborne and I've played um, uh, you know Dark Souls 2 and uh, every time 
this stuff comes along and I feel caught up and I want to love it. I want to love it. And then I realise it's a series of boss battles. I hate boss battles at the best of times. And yeah, I don't enjoy it. But this time, maybe I will. <laughs> so how did you get on with it? Um, I played it and I immediately died and thought this is not for me and stopped playing it. And then <laughs> I thought... You know I what? Don't see that. I didn't see that quote on the <laughs> poster. <laughs> and you know, I had I had a text from my friend Ian, uh, who who I often talk about video games with, and he was like, "I'm oh, I'm playing it. I'm not sure if I enjoy it or not. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, there's some frame rate problems." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go back in." And this time, I tried harder. I went further in at least, or, or I played it for an hour. And got to a section of the game. Now, this is an open-world Dark Souls-style game, so you can sort of explore fields and then die. That's the high-level concept. And that's what I did. I came to sort of an encampment of some guards, went up to them, hit them, they hit me, I die, I go around a different side, do the same, you know, find some secrets. Two things struck me. One, I don't like this. Like, I just don't like it. But the other thing that struck me is it doesn't tell you anything, like, except for in you know, first or second generation PlayStation style pop-up windows that just say, all right, this is how this works. In tiny text, in the middle of a window, press Y once you've learned that. And that is an awful way of teaching anyone anything, right? I mean, genuinely, I you know, as I've said before on the show, uh, I do a bit of teaching and uh, I, I've been teaching third years and one of the third years is doing a project right now where he, uh, in his tutorial, does exactly that. He just goes through screens of text that say, this is the health bar. This is the, you know, press these buttons to move around. And I told him that, you know, no one does that now. You have to go back. And what you do is you introduce these concepts and you say, move around. And then when you've moved around, once you've shown you can do it, it says, okay, now press X. Oh, look, here's an enemy. Fight the enemy. You learn while doing that. No one does those sort of clumsy menus press a thing to go on read this type and yet apparently the greatest video game of all time <laughs> dropping this week does i was astonished at that i know it's hard right i get it's hard and i get it's not for me i i'm never gonna love this game i don't like boss battles i don't like that kind of memory learning frustration nonsense but i i, I i'm really surprised that something this opaque can qualify for that kind of accolade. Seven out of ten. Yeah, exactly. So did you... Um, so, again, uh, I have a similar uh, uh, level of experience with these games, similar to you. You know, I got seduced by all the hype, uh, thought it was something I should play, did exactly that. I, I mean, I'd forgotten about these. So what these games have are um, messages that can be left by other players, and... Um, immediately you you're just being trolled mm. oh um jump jump off here it says uh, and so you do and die um oh secret route here i spent a while hitting a wall um but also it has uh so did you find the tutorial area no clearly wait, not wait, 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 well so that so that's where you you so you do actually have to jump into a pit mm-hmm. and that's where it, and that so have you played that bit where it, where it, where you encounter skeletons one after the other, absolutely, and it not. sort of shows. Yeah, so it has a tutorial mode, but it's hidden. Right, it has brilliant. A tutorial area, absolutely, exactly. <laughs> like best game ever, genius. <laughs> I um, so I I was making my my way through that. I I probably played for fifteen minutes, but because it isn't, it's not working on PC at the moment. As as Ian has mentioned, frame rate issues, etc. I know I don't have time to play it right now, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to get into it and then forget about it. But what annoyed me the most was in this tutorial area. I was picking off the skeletons or what have you. There's a button where you can just drink these potions that you'd pick up without any sort of confirmation. And like knowing how hard the game is, I'm I'm all I'm pushing a button and drinking a health potion even when I'm full full health, mm. knowing that that's half my health potion's right. gone. And I'm like, why are you letting me do this? Take that away from me. Completely. Like I I, I genuinely think just from uh, you know exploring the overworld, going through the menu systems, it's full of 
UI and UX decisions that are incomprehensible, and I get they are perfectly comprehensible to humans who have been through, you know, generations of these same video games before, because every game teaches you for the teaches you how to play the next one. It's a classic example of if you like those games, you'll love this. I got chased across a field by a big old monster that was, you know barging through uh, uh, masonry and knocking it out of the way, way and then swiping at me. And I thought, yeah, this is all right. feels all right. I, I, I get it. But actually, any form of interaction with the interface is a nightmare. And I didn't enjoy the experience. 7 out of 10. Seven again. Out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am going to... I mean, I'm, I, so what, I, what I'm hoping is that I will be able to play it on the Steam Deck when that arrives. And I've been looking at videos of it running on the Steam Deck. Apparently it runs very well. So there we go. It will never happen. <laughs> Excellent. Simon, I think we're approaching the end of the show. Is this we our are. last show for a while? It is our last show for a while. We are taking some time off. Okay, it's going to be three weeks or so, isn't it? Because we're going to go out to GDC. Like maybe, maybe we'll find some time to record something together there. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, but we will, yeah, we'll have a little uh, break. So thank you so much to everyone for, for listening to the show uh, today. Hopefully when we return, the world will be in a little bit of a better state as well. But we got through today, didn't we? We did indeed. Mm. Nice to see you. Nice to speak to you. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, lovely to see you as well, Simon. And thank you to Resonance, of course. And thank you to all of you for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.